Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Jenny, who knows less about growing corn? Us or Doc Baker? Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. We just had a traumatic (laughs) technical ordeal. Because Amy's an idiot and decided on a day we're going to record, she's going to update her computer. Yeah, it's still not running great. Your connection's always bad, so I think that has a lot to do with that. It Did might. you take that? I sent you that adapter. Did you plug that in and hardwire into your modem? Not yet. Maybe do that, because that's going to make a giant fucking difference. Okay. I think my computer, too, is just processing so slow. I think your network's terrible, too, because I've been on your network. It might be. I have the highest speed from Comcast. Yeah, but is that constant or is there like dips in it? Like, I feel like there's dips in it. No, I mean, like I purchased. Yeah, I mean, it's only going to be as good as it is. But like if you hardwire in and you don't deal with the wireless, that might help a little. That might help with some of the lag. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Jenny's all dolled up today. I'm wearing like a sweatshirt. Do you have a date? No, I have work. I work. All right, Jen. Today we continue our look at Little House on the Prairie with Season 4, Episode 7, To Run and Hide. The description reads, After two miscarriages, Beth Novak is thrilled to be experiencing a healthy pregnancy, but when her husband takes a tumble from the roof, she becomes a widow within 24 hours. Devastated that he could not save his patient, Doc Baker decides to leave his practice and pursue a farming career to the dismay of the town people. Okay, I was kind of like, where's the title come from? But are they like slamming Doc Baker here? Yeah, it's such a forgettable title. It like, is. I, it's I kept stupid. calling it all different things. It's stupid. Shocker. It's stupid. Written by John Dugan, directed by Michael Landon. Do we know John Dugan? He's a new writer in this season. Okay. All right. All right, Jim, we open on the Olsons. This is a very Olson heavy plot here, which I don't know why it makes kind of no sense. Nels is unloading a shipment and asks Harriet for help, but Jen, she's got a doctor's appointment for some dizzy spells. Right. She's going to Doc Baker? Good luck. (laughs) What the fuck is he going to be able to solve? Cut to Doc Baker, and he has a rando in his office. First rando. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) The dude has no pants on, and we see way too much of his little white legs. (laughs) As he shows Doc Baker that his knees are creaking like rusty old hinges. Oh, boy. Doc says there really isn't much he can do and just throws him some pills. Yeah, he's like Dr. Feelgood now. Doc Baker, like 21st century doctor. Who would have known? You could could get like painkillers with a bag of apples. That's a pretty good deal. (laughs) All right. So the dude is happy and he pays Doc in apples. Doc goes to put the apples away and a bunch fall out. And he says, my cupboard... runneth over first of all there would be rotten apples in there there's no way you've collected this many apples from this many patients that you you see like probably one a day if that yeah and and he's they're all this many in there they're all in like a wardrobe so he's not even keeping them like in a musty basement which maybe they would stay this makes no sense no sense all right next we see harriet describing her problems to doc baker she feels lightheaded and has a heaviness in her belly Doc Baker sitting there and like, he does not give a fuck. Like, he's just <laughs> looking at her like, I have a feeling this happens often. I, I feel that way as well. He tells her like, look, I just examined you and you're in excellent health. 
And Harriet says she must have what Elmira Lamore had. Oh, my God. Jen, who's Elmira Lamore? I don't know. Should I know who that is? She says it's a heroine. Oh, yeah. Some book she's reading. Yeah. I don't... I. I thought I should know like a real person more about no. it. <laughs> no, no, no. Elmira Lamore is a heroine in what sounds like a cheap, trashy romance novel. Can we? Well, agree I on thought that? maybe it was like a famous novel or something. Yeah. I didn't know. It. But can we agree? Okay. It's she's probably reading like one with Fabio on the cover. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So Harriet thinks she has the exact same symptoms as she. And then I wrote, "Wait a minute, is this the 19th century version of Doctor Google?" Like instead of feeling something and then taking to Google and assume and going right from um, scrape to cancer, is Harriet <laughs> just like reading a book now and thinking that she has all these symptoms? Like I have hives now, I'm gonna die. <laughs> Her doctor says it's the vapors, and it. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. Elmira Lamore's doctor said it was the vapors, <laughs> and it was caused from injurious exhalations from deep within the recesses of the body. And Doc Baker starts laughing hysterical. Yeah, I don't understand what he says next. I just have, he says it's called gas. I know, but that, like, the vapor, I don't know, I couldn't, like, I was doing a little light research on that, and, like, the vapors was this mysterious thing that was never really connected to anything real. Well, you didn't, like, look, I don't know. You didn't look in Urban Dictionary then, because if you look in Urban Dictionary, it says it's gas. Okay, but that... That must be some kind of new thing because historically it's this collection of like female quote unquote hysteria. Like it's just this fake thing. Like it's not, it's not gas historically. Right. In Victorian England, it's not gas. Mm, I don't know. He says it's gas. I think that's a little 1970 shit put in there. Okay. Fair enough. She's super offended and she storms off. I mean, at least gas is a real thing. Like the vapors was not a real, well, I mean, the person could have been having a real problem. Doc, male doctors, because this usually happened to females, male doctors just classified it in this big murky group of like the vapors, which was kind of like fake illness to them. Yes. So it was a yeah. sexist thing. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Were there any women doctors then? <sighs> of course not. Of course not. I'm sure there's like two. Okay. So where am I? So I wrote when, after I saw this, like, why did we have to see this scene? But it does come back. Like, yeah. it does come back around to Harriet. Okay, next we see Doc Baker. He puts a little sign on his door, says, I'm going to the Novak farm, and he struts across town. And they're, like, showing Doc Baker's, like, life as, like, it reminded me of, like, the opening part of Pleasantville, like, when they're following yes. everybody, which I love. I love I that love movie. I love that movie. When they're showing everybody, like, and, like, everything's perfect and everything, and, like, you're, like, you know all the shit's going to fall out. Yeah, you know it. Out at the Novak farm, we see some construction happening, and we also meet a very pregnant Beth Novak. Her husband, Stanley, is on the roof hammering, and she asks him not to continue because she doesn't know if she's going to be okay with the pregnancy since she lost the other two. Can I say something right up front? I have lots of questions here. I love Stanley. Oh, okay. I love I him. He's adorable. <laughs> what are your questions? I have, lo- I have lots of questions because, and like, I don't understand pregnancy really because yeah. I just don't, don't pay attention. Um, but from what I know, like she keeps talking about how she doesn't think it's going to be a full-term pregnancy, but like, what do they consider? consider a full-term pregnancy well like is it the end like nine months i was thinking about that too because nowadays if a baby's born seven months it could survive right but it would have to be because the lungs are underdeveloped oh that makes sense okay because like a lot of people have babies months early and it's right my kids were born seven months early okay so in these days they that wouldn't have been correct the case yeah because i don't think they have the modern incubator right no 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 okay that makes sense so so full term really had to be like very eight and a half nine months yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay so he's building a full edition for the baby he's like building a baby damn like he is showing paw up like paw has Four girls stacked in a room there. Paul has three kids, soon to be four someday, jammed into that little freaking bunk. Oh, Carolyn got an addition for her kitchen. She did. That's true. All right. So then all of a sudden, Jen, he falls off the roof. Like, I totally forgot about that. 
Do you remember when Timmy fell off the roof? Yeah. Twice. Uh, that's not too bright. He fell off the Twice. roof and then he thought he was okay and he got back up and fell off again. Because wow. he was doing something super dangerous. Right. Of course. All right. So, and Carol called me. My mother-in-law called me. I'm in Wegmans. Just started. Just put the kids in the kid thing, which was my reprieve from oh, them. Yeah. She's like, Timmy fell off the roof. And I just, like, dropped everything and came home, took him to the hospital. They're like, you're fine. But did you know you had, like, several breaks in your arms over the years? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they x-rayed him and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it must have been a skateboarding injury, he said, where he, like, broke a wrist sure. or, like, yeah. you know, whatever. Back to our skateboarding. So Doc Baker arrives and Beth tells him Stanley just took a bad fall off the roof. Doc Baker just touches his chest and says he feels like fine. barely, like literally, like just <laughs> taps. Like now, literally just grazes his like ad abdomen. Yeah. Now, now, okay. You know, I hate giving Doc Baker credit, but Doc okay. Baker does say, let me get my stethoscope. And see if you have any internal injury. And Stanley's like, no, 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 I'm fine. What Doc Baker should have said is, you could have internal bleeding that won't show up for hours and you can die from it. Do you want to do that to your wife and kid? That's what he should have said. That's what he should have said. But but he's like, oh, okay, Stanley, you're good. We fell off a fucking roof. (laughs) Everybody's good. I mean, that's not a small fall. It's not a trip. If he tripped and fell on the ground, that's one thing. Yep. So Doc checks Beth out then and says he can hear the baby. There's a good heartbeat. She says she can feel the kicking. Doc says he wasn't sure she should should have tried after the first two losses. But now, like, everything seems good. Yes, Jenny. I'm ra- She's I'm raising, raising her hand. hand. Yes. How do you not try for a baby in the... Well, besides not having sex. Like, how do you not try for a baby? It, like, there was real birth control reliable birth control at this time. It's amazing to me that the birth control at that time had to have just been like the rhythm method. No, I think there was like other weird things that didn't work. Uh, maybe they know, put like, an X card maybe they put a glo- clove of garlic down there or something. <laughs> People are so fucking weird. Know, totally- you know what mom would say? Pour some vinegar down there. But I don't know. Did they even, <laughs> did they understand the cycle to even do the rhythm method? Why wouldn't they? Oh, you mean? Oh, I see what you're saying. Did they understand like there's that certain times of the month that the fertility that is pregnant. not yeah. the menstruation? Um, yeah. probably not. Like I, I don't know. I should have done an index card on that because I have no idea. Yeah. Well, like I have no idea when we. I I don't think it was until the 20th century that we learned all that. We're gonna have to have the Mimi's fill in for you on this one, <laughs> Mimi's. If you know, link us up. One was with- birth control. One was reliable birth. Re- reliable birth control wasn't until like. The mid-century. Mimi's link us up with some 19th 20, mid-20th century, century. Some 19th century birth control. Link us up with that. God knows without it. I mean, I'm sure there's something. There's definitely something. Oh, there's been birth control for like attempts forever. Yes. So Doc warns her not to lift anything or to have any strenuous activity. And so I wrote, we were talking. Oh shit, this is gonna go bad. Well, we were talking about how how old we thought Mrs. Novak was because she looks kind of old. She's 42. Oh. So she is older. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. so this would be a super high risk. Super high at risk that at that time. Yeah, yeah. Especially two miscarriages. Today yeah. it's no big deal to have a baby before. No big deal. But then. Yep. Hmm. So, Jen, did you also have the impending doom? Always on Little House. Like once, Always. But as, once- soon as, as soon as they were showing Happy Doc Baker run around town, I had impending doom. Okay. But this, but specifically when he was warning Beth not to oh, lift yeah. anything or do anything strenuous, where you're like, "Oh fuck, something's gonna happen." She's yeah. going down. Well, yeah. Okay. So when I when I heard the theme music, I had a impending doom feeling. <laughs> so Doc Baker's le- Doc Baker's leaving, and Stanley asks how Beth is, and Doc says, "Great, you're gonna be a father in just two months, Stanley." And Stanley's like, "That is what? What is his accent?" I, I don't know. I don't know. He's not. I want to do him in Italian, but it's not it's Italian. Not, no. I don't know. Not. All right, I'm going to do it in Italian, Mimi's. It's not <laughs> Italian. Okay. He says, that is the best good thing you could tell me. He's adorable. <laughs> the best good okay. thing you could tell me. He's adorable. I love him. And then I wrote, oh, fuck. This is getting oh, horribly fuck. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Later, we run into Mary and Carrie on the road. Now, note, no Laura this episode. What is this unholy alliance with Mary and Carrie through this episode? (laughs) And Mary, she sees Doc Baker riding by and she's like, who's sick? Doc Baker should be like, mind your own fucking business. HIPAA, HIPAA laws. Christ. He tells her, oh, I was out at the Novak place and Mrs. Novak's doing well. And then he's like, do you need a sack of apples? Here you go. Gives her a sack of apples. Carrie says, Ma says an apple a day keeps the doctor away. And then comes to the conclusion that Doc Baker must never want to see them again. I thought that was pretty deep for Carrie. And I wrote, bingo. Wow. Like, I think that was pretty deep. Like, she got all emo on that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Laura's not in this episode at all. I know. Mary's stuck with, like, slugging Carrie around. Yeah. Later, we see the Novaks having dinner and Stanley's acting weird. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, all of a sudden, he collapses in a sweaty pile on the floor. Not a good sign. So, that's how we leave them. At the Ingalls, Pa is smoking a pipe and reading. Mary is up and studying. And Carolyn's giving her the, like, aren't you done? Aren't you done? Can't you go the fuck to bed? Mary's Okay, Mary is working on her future. I guess. So someone knocks on the door. It's Beth. And she collapses into Charles' arms. Did you get that? And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, that's what this whole thing was about. (laughs) (laughs) So Carolyn, so they decide Carolyn is going to run to Stanley. She makes Beth stay home, like at the Ingalls. Right. She doesn't want her to run around anymore. She's like, I'm going to run to Stanley's. And Charles flies into hero mode. Hero mode. To go get Doc Baker. And Jen, I wrote, what must life have been for doctors in these small towns with no hospitals? Like, did they ever sleep? No, probably not. Because whenever I mean, anyone gets sick, they just yeah, wake you in the middle of the night. They're always on call. They're just always on call. Always on yep. call. Not that I want to give Doc Baker any kind of credence. But or... he, okay, he does show up. That's it. He shows up. He shows, he shows up. up. So Doc Baker gets there and Stanley is sweating and breathing weird. And Doc says he's hemorrhaging. And bleeding into the abdominal cavity. This and, was what was going to happen to Mary, remember? Yes. They were worried this would happen to Mary? Yep. And Doc Baker's like, I need to go in and remove some of the bleeding. I'm like, oh, no. Emergency no. surgery. I thought that's how he was going to die. It was <laughs> emergency surgery. Well, I feel like that would have made more sense. Oh, yeah, because then he'd feel super responsible. Yes. So as Doc Baker turns his back and starts digging around in his bag... Stanley dies, and Charles is like, uh, Doc, he's dead. (laughs) I have an index card. Okay. What options does Doc Baker have to resuscitate this patient? Oh, okay. Um, Not many. (laughs) Not many. So while resuscitation is as old as the healing arts, most things were not very effective. (laughs) The early days of resuscitation... They did. They used to whip unconscious people with stinging nettles. <laughs> what is wrong with humans? Wow, with stinging nettles. Okay, that's what they used to do. That okay. was like one of the early things. From 1530 to 1800, they used to do something called the bellows method. Can you imagine what this is? It doesn't sound good. You know what a bellows is? No. It's the thing like you use on a fireplace to like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh air on no! It. They used to stick that in people's mouths. Oh no! And pump their air for like they did this for like three hundred years. Can we reenact that? There's a great picture that I will post. Okay, There's like okay. a painting. Of yeah, this. I feel like I need to see um, it. In the early 1700s, a few people started to use mouth to mouth. There was like a doctor in like Sweden or something. It wasn't until 1782 that the mouth-to-mouth um, process replaced the bellows method. It took 50 more years for that to change. Wow. Okay. In 1865, an early form of compression. So this is the compression part. Because yeah. we're all leading up to CPR, CPR right? Like yeah. That's what we do today. So the early form of the compression, like where they were pressing on the person's body externally, uh, started in London. But it was like some weird thing where they put the patient on their side and they had their arm up. Oh, some crazy okay. thing. Okay. In 1874, they discovered the method of open heart massage. Oh, fuck. 
Fuck. So they would open you up. I'd almost be like, let me die, please. Just let me die instead. Right? So they were doing this. In 1878, the Germans figured out that external compression can revive a person. External compression of the heart. So they did this on a cat. They didn't know it worked on people yet. They did it on a cat. They revived a cat with this method. In 1891, so this is around this time now, German doctors restarted the heart of two young human patients with external compression. So they, they knew it worked on people. However, it took another half century for them to move away from the open heart massage to the external compression. Okay. That we do today in CPR. Okay. Can I say something here? Because this reminds me of something. But I just want to, let me just finish up my index card and saying, if he's bleeding internally, I doubt he has any of these options really. Yeah, there's nothing to do. But like if you needed to resuscitate people, there there was not good options. This reminds me of the resuscitation story of Graham's birth. Oh, do you remember? Wait, maybe I don't. So my grandmother's family, very mysteriously at some point during the depression, moved up to the country out of the city and Mm -hmm. they lived all the time. Yeah. So they lived in this like little place up in the country. And when my gram was born, she was born at home. She wasn't breathing. So everybody that was there, apparently there was like six people there, ran outside and went, and I'm going to imitate Graham doing this. They went (gasps) and got a mouthful of fresh air and ran back in and blew it into her lungs. And so they gave her CPR. And one of her uncles, it was after his breath that she started to breathe. And so she said they always had a special bond because he saved her life. (laughs) Well, he gave her CPR. I don't know why they had to go outside for the quote-unquote fresh air. They gave her CPR. Yes, yes. But why But eight people gave her CPR? How many people are at the birth? I do remember this story. I had a lot of questions. She she wouldn't just say, though, she was so cute telling the story because she wouldn't just say they went outside and got fresh air. She would do the gulp. She'd be like, they would go outside and go, and then go back in and breathe it into my lungs. She came by her insanity, honestly. <laughs> there's also um, there's also a story of uh, Picasso. This happened too. Same thing. This was a common thing. And when he was born, they did the same thing. Like he wasn't breathing or something. But somebody inhaled cigar smoke and blew it into his face. Ugh. And that, because of the air, probably revived yeah. him. Yeah. But he said he always had this like dark inner thing. And like it influenced him for the rest of his life. And I actually did. I had a a painting in a Picasso themed show. And I actually did a painting about this. I'll post it in the meme. Is that what happened to you? It's a fascinating story. Is that what happened to you? That I smoked a cigar when I was born? Was dad like blow Marlboro smoke in your face? No, I was packed in ice. We already talked about (laughs) it. Um, okay. Now we got to transition back into a widower. Giving what happened birth. to you? What happened to you when you were a baby? Did they just put you next to a bunch of other babies and you all started talking and then you never shut up? <laughs> I was perfect. All right, Jen. At the Ingalls, Mary is literally sleeping at the table when Charles and Caroline come in to tell Beth. She freaks out. And I have another story here. You know, this literally happened to our great grandmother. Same situation almost. What? She oh, was yeah. pregnant yeah, 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 with yeah. her yep. sixth kid. Yep. And our great grandfather succumbed to black. I think he had black lungs. Black in the yeah, mines. Yeah, we black come lungs. from a very mining, very, uh, an area which is very rich in anthracite coal at the time. So a lot of our great grandparents were miners and he had black lung and he died and she had six kids. Yeah. That she had to raise by herself. Like that was, yeah. that was really harsh. All right. So Can I just say that someone has died? Charles didn't have to bury him. I know because Laura's not and around. And Laura's not around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I think it's because Laura actually didn't cause a death. I kind of wondered like I kind of wondered like would he have died if Laura was around or would both <laughs> of them have died? They both would have died. <laughs> okay. A few weeks later, Charles goes to check on Doc. So two weeks have gone by. And well, she, you missed a, you missed an important part though. Doc does not did not want to tell. Beth. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You want to face her. Doc Baker made Charles tell Beth. Carolyn's like, I'll do it. Carolyn handles all the heavy shit. She is like amazing. She handles all the. She is the counselor of this town. She's amazing. 
So Charles heads over to Doc's and he's like, dude, what's going on with you? It's been like two weeks since the funeral and you haven't been out to see Beth. Like, are you forgetting she still has a high risk pregnancy? What the fuck's going on here? So Charles says Caroline is watching Beth during the day and Mary, who is like kind of growing up in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She is spending every night there. Yeah, she's maybe she's trying to because I I'm, well I'll get into this later, but I think Carolyn might be a midwife. Maybe. All right. So Doc suddenly announces, you know what, Charles? It's time I retire. Do you know how old Doc is? A hundred and four. Take a guess at how old he is in this episode. The actor. Yeah. Oh, of course. Well, what it, other age is Doc? Is this going to destroy me? <laughs> He's probably like 37. <laughs> no, take it. How old do you think he looks? Okay. I think he looks honestly 52, 53. He's 49. Okay. I was pretty close. I was pretty close. I think he looks older than that. He looks like 60. He looks- 60. I was just trying to, trying to get the like? answer right. <laughs> you think that's what 52 looks like? He looks like 65. Okay. Oh All right. Um. So he's retiring, Jen. He's done. And he's like, I need to make some more money. I can't keep keep getting paid in apples. And Charles is like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you don't care about money. What are you talking about? And then he's like, does this have anything to do with Stanley? No, 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 it doesn't. All right. So Doc tells Charles that he has invited Dr. Asa T. Logan to come and practice here. And he should be here soon. And then he springs on Charles that he has bought the old Jenkins place. And he's going to raise corn. Doc has literally bought the farm. Literally has bought the farm. Jenny, who knows less about growing corn? Us or Doc Baker? Us. You think we know less about corn than Doc Baker? I don't know. It's close. I absolutely, well, <laughs> about about growing an ear of corn or about how to farm a field? How to farm a field. I know absolutely less than Doc Baker. I know the horse at least... He at least has been to farms like regularly. <laughs> I like, know I've the horses have like going, five times. I know the horses have to go in a straight line. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he knows that too. He just can't get them to do right. it. So next, was- I wouldn't even know that I needed the horses. Like you. <laughs> what would you do? Would you go out there and just dig holes and put seeds in them? I just start throwing seeds <laughs> in the air. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I know how to actually I have a green thumb. I grow all kinds of things, right. but like small scale. I don't like a garden. <laughs> I don't know how to do a farm. All right. Next we see Mary waiting on Beth Novak. She wants Jen, she wants Mary to hitch up the team. Did you get that? Yes. And Mary's like, yes. okay, I'll hitch up the team. I love it. Damn. All right. Then we see Asa T. Logan, who oh, is God. settling in. And he, he's asking Doc Baker, is there, like, something to do here? Is there like, well, that's why I want to know how old he is. He's like, what's the social life here? So he is Let me guess. One Let year me guess. Younger. Oh. One year younger than Doc Baker? No. Oh. So he's probably... He's probably 52 or 53, really. 41. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, well, he doesn't look that old, but I don't know if it's just the old timey outfits that just makes him seem older. He doesn't look forty one. I said to Jenny, like, there's a theme in the seventies and eighties. No one looks under forty five unless you're a child. <laughs> unless you're a child, you're either either fifteen or fifty. Yes. So he's asking Doc if there's a big social scene in Walnut Grove, and Doc's like, "Well, there's a church. There's no saloon, dude. No. That's what he's asking." Logan's asking about the hunting, and then. In the weirdest scene, he proceeds to pull out a hunting rifle, and the way it's shot, it looks like he's aiming the gun right at Doc Baker's head. This this guy has gun fever. He does have gun fever. But the whole, like, scene with the rifle right pointed at Doc Baker's head? Oh, so weird. The whole thing was so weird. Okay. So he says to Doc, remember to... Oh, so Doc tries to tell him about Miss Novak being a special case. But he could give a fuck. Oh, this guy doesn't care about anyone but himself. (laughs) So he's too busy with his gun. And then he says to Doc, hey, remember, doctor, you're retired. Yeah. You're you're eight years older than me, but you're retired. (laughs) So then, Jen, Doc Baker walks out of his office and leaves Logan everything in his office. Yeah, that was super weird. Like all of his personal belongings. He only takes his bag. 
Doc is walking to his wagon when Beth Novak pulls up. She's like, dude, (laughs) what's going on? She's like, I came to see you. He's like, you notice Mary's driving. Mary's driving. Mary is driving. Is she 16 and got her driver's license? I guess. (laughs) So then Doc Baker's like, it's too dangerous to ride into town. What, What are you doing? Like, dude, she has to get to her doctor somehow. Yeah, she's pissed, and I don't blame her. Like, how would you have felt if your doctor at eight months of your pregnancy was like, peace out, good luck? Well, it's a little different story now, because now you're treated by a group. You know All what right, I mean? so say your group was like, fuck all y'all. Like, those yeah, five doctors suck. were like, bye, good luck, it here's a new group. It would suck. So she doesn't want a new doctor, but Doc Baker, like, tells her, tough shit, I'm retiring. You've got to do yep. this. So she's like, okay, okay, I'll go see, I'll see Dr. Logan. Okay. Well, and, he's like tough shit. And I'm like, how, how can I think less of this man? But I, I now do. <laughs> and Mary gives him that like icy blue stare as he walks down the street. <laughs> yeah, she does. All right, Jen. Now we switch to Logan and he's cleaning up Doc Baker's office and bitching about the clutter and the junk. This guy's so unprofessional. And then we see Beth coming out from another room and she's like, is the baby okay? And I'm like, wait, he's doing this in the middle of an exam? my god like the way they made it seem i thought it was like the next day i don't disagree that the place is in disarray and a mess but like do this another time yeah and then he's like the baby's fine and don't forget you're not the first person on earth to have a baby wow i'm well i think women were treated like this a lot i think so and still are probably i think so too then he starts cleaning out the food doc baker had and yelling that the place looks like a barn and Miss Novak's like, when can I come and see you again? He's like, just tell me when your time comes. I treat patients. I don't hold their hands. And then he does a good day. And Jen, <laughs> I'm going to bring it up again, even though it's wasted on you. He does a Willy Wonka. Whatever. I don't even know what a Willy Wonka is. Because Willy Wonka flips the script at the end and is all mean to Charlie. And he's like, good day, sir. And then Charlie oh. and Grandpa Joe leave. And then it's, a, okay. it's just a ruse. It's a ruse. Okay. Can't believe you never saw that movie. Okay. So Miss Novak gets upset and leaves. And I wrote, like, did they have to make this doctor a complete asshole? Yes, because there's no gray areas right. in like, Grove. He had to be a foil for Doc Baker, right? He has to be the complete yeah. opposite. Okay. Yep. Next, we see Harriet in Dr. Logan's office. And Jen, he has mounts all over the walls. This office is intimidating. <laughs> There's, there's like, like snarling, like jackals, and there's like, and like weird animals you don't expect to see. Like I swear, like a I, I swear I saw a polar bear. I mean, you could probably shoot polar bears <laughs> in the 1850s. I don't know, probably. So she's complaining and saying that Doc Baker clearly couldn't diagnose her. And then Logan says it's obvious to him that she has a common problem or a problem common to women of her obvious breeding and background. And I thought oh he God. was going to say boredom. That would have been perfect. That would have. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he says vapors and she's like, no, it's not. No, no, no. He's yeah. He tries vapors out on her first. Right. right. Then he says it's ecterius gravis. Bacterius gravis. Ecterius. Ecterius Ec- gravis. A fisher of the ductus venosus. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Then Jen, he touches her eye. Like he gets all in there. He's opening her eye and like digging around in there. Like, Catherine McGregor must have been like, oh, get away from me, dude. Like, did you wash your hands? Did you put on a glove? Yeah. What the hell? Okay. So she asks if this is curable, and he's like, why it is? I have a tonic just for He's a fucking snake oil salesman. Oh, my God. It's called Dr. Logan's Female Remedy. And he has a bunch of it, Jen. And I wrote, this just got weird. He's a snake oil salesman. Yeah. It closes the fissures and it opens the pores and it regulates the most sensitive system, but it's not cheap. It's a dollar. Harriet's like, I'll take five. Yep. Okay. So later we see Harriet trashed. Because of course it's alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) She's singing super loud in the middle of the night, Jen, and she's singing, Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam. Oh my God. I know this song because I used to play it on my organ. Okay. I know this song because I used to play it on my Mattel musical magical thing. 
Oh, is that why you sent that? Which is what I sent Jenny. Now, here's what I did. I'm like, I learned to play this. When I heard the song, like, it just came back to me. (laughs) That was was very simple. I was like, I used to play this on, like, I had this weird guitar stick with, like, colored buttons. That's what I Googled, and it came Mm. up. Weird guitar stick from the 80s with plastic buttons. Guys, I will put this in the Mimi Bees. It is such a weird thing. It came with a little book. It's like a synthesizer-y, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Did you notice that a lot of people get drunk on this show by accident? Yeah. Yeah. Especially the Olsons. Especially the Olsons. <laughs> so Nels is super annoyed and tries to get her to go to bed, but then he's like, wait a minute, you seem really happy. And she calls him Nelsie. Nelsie. <laughs> then they have a fight over whether or not Doc Baker is a good doctor. And I wrote, he's not, but at least he's not a snake oil salesman. Right. Nels reads the ingredient in the tonic and says, it came right out of a still. He says it's 90 proof with flavoring. So, like, basic liquors like gin, vodka, stuff are usually about 80 proof. So, like, this shit's... Oh, yeah. Like, she's trying to get straight alcohol. Could it be, like, a moonshine situation? Moonshine is more like like a 190. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, Nels shames her and goes, you are head of the Ladies' Temperance League. That's new information. I mean, we could have assumed that was true. Could I could have, have bet my it, life but on I that. didn't know that. But now she likes drinking. It's just not drinking. It's taking medicine, quote unquote. Yeah, Nels is kind of like, we have a problem here. <laughs> the next. <laughs> and then he's, but you can tell he's kind of like, but do we really? Right. He's kind of like, mm, she's a little more tolerable <laughs> like this. Yeah. The next day we see Doc Baker trying to farm and he's even worse at this than he is at doctoring, Jen. I mean, he's not an outdoor cat. Maybe he's just bad at everything. Do we ever, do we ever, there's some, you know, like inevitably there's going to be people who like are just better at other things, like one thing than another. That's most people, but there are going to be people on earth that are just bad at everything or most, (laughs) you know, they might have a couple, like maybe he's just bad at shit. Maybe he just has like a nice personality that he is able to mask it. Yep. Yep. So, Jeff, Mary and Carrie show up, and he's in real rough shape. And Mary, again, offers to show him how to plow. I cannot believe I just read that sentence. Mary offers to show Doc Baker how to plow. But she she's here to critique his work. She is, of course. Mary shows him, and then she tells him she really, really misses him. And then she narks out the new doctor that he's a disaster. And then she tries yeah. to, like, make it look like Carrie's sick and didn't get care. So, first of all, Mary takes hold of the reins and the horses are like, thank fucking God. Someone knows what they're doing. And they go in a straight line. And then, and then, yeah, she tries to say that Carrie has some kind of stomach thing. And Doc goes around. I'm like, Mary, what are you thinking? Carrie's never going to be able to pull this off in a million years. Like, she's never going to pick up on this or know what to do. I know. And I wrote, nice try, Mary. But when it comes to deception, you need Laura for this. This is her skill set. Laura is the deception master. (laughs) She could have picked this one up. All right, later we see that dude from the beginning with the knees, and he's carrying a rooster into town and asking for more pills, and the doctor refuses to take the rooster's payment. I don't. Why wouldn't the doctor just take the rooster, let it free, and then shoot it? I don't know. He's, there you go. I don't there know. There you go. You got, you got to use for this rooster. Later, Beth Novak suddenly goes into labor, and Mary flies into hero mode. First of all, they're sitting there. She's reading the Bible out loud, and Mary's sitting at the... How, what did people, oh my God, could you imagine life before like TV and like, 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 what would Mary's like having 10 books? Like, what would Mary's life be like if we just stuck a Game Boy in her hands? Oh my God, could you imagine? Like, remember when Game Boys, we were like, like Tetris on the Game Boy was everything. It was everything. So, Jen, did you notice Mary flying into hero mode? Flies, she drives, she's driving and flying into hero mode. Yeah. (laughs) So now wait, she goes to get Logan and he's not there. Instead of grabbing Doc Baker, who's also a doctor, yeah. she just shows she up with no one. That. She comes she back with think no of one. That. Mm-hmm. She comes back with no one. and But you know who's there waiting? Charles and Caroline are already there. They're already on the scene. Okay. Yep. The president and first lady of Walnut Grove are already <laughs> on the scene. So then Charles Mary is was like, fucking speeding. Mary was fucking She was speeding. Driving. So um beth starts screaming and begging for doc baker like screaming and i wrote no one wants to go get him what the fuck dude she's in pain go get him 
You need a fucking doctor here. So finally, Charles is like, I'm going. I'm going. So he goes, he flies in hero mode again. <laughs> a lot of hero mode happening. A lot of hero mode He happening. goes to get Doc Baker. And Jen, what does Doc Baker tell him? Let Caroline handle it. Well, I was confused because I don't know, is Caroline a midwife? Like, she didn't seem to be examining her, which leads me to believe that she's just someone who's there to help. She's probably not a midwife, but probably has seen her share of... Yeah, but like, she's not... She's like midwives will deliver babies. Yes. Like, yeah. 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 Like she doesn't even seem to be like looking at what's going on. Can I make a book (laughs) recommendation? Okay. For our Mimi's the midwife of hope river, I think is the name of it. I'll link it into the Mimi bees. It sounds like a Wally lamb book. It's a really good book, but it's a memoir. No, it's a memoir. And it's based on this woman who lived in Appalachia and went around to these poorer communities and, and was a midwife to them. It's it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, anyway. But I feel like if Carolyn was a mid midwifery, isn't it? Midwifery? Midwifery. I love that word. Mm-hmm. But it, it's almost, it's my second favorite word. I like fiduciary. Do you really? Hmm. I like that word. I like posthumously. That's one oh, of my okay. favorites. I don't like that word. So Carolyn, like if she was a midwife, she could handle this herself. She and could. I feel like. She, so I feel like she's not. I feel like she's, you know, like a coach or like whatever. Well, Jen, you know, like correct she, me if I'm wrong. Even if you stop being doctor, you still took the Hippocratic Oath. What about do no harm? Yes, I know. You're I just going to be yeah. like, oh, let Carolyn handle this? Yeah. Yeah. Knowing this. Well, I don't know. Was the Hippocratic Oath? That would, that's been around for a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's ancient Greece, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like. Did do we use it? Send, like, is there a through line through history of Pause. that, or did it come back? Pause. It's based on ancient Greece. Pause. Okay, the Hippocratic Oath was written in fifth century BC. Mm-hmm. It's one of the oldest documents in history. While the creators intended it to be a binding covenant. Modern doctors see the oath as a promise to uphold the art of medicine and act in patients' interests. So, so they've used it the whole time. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's been around a long time. So Doc Bake definitely took it. Definitely took it. Um, and he's like, tell her I said to fuck off and let Carolyn handle it. Unbelievable. Jesus. All right. So finally, Charles strong arms him into going. And Doc Baker, well, I just feel so bad. I mean, this woman is so emotionally fragile. She has lost two babies Uh, and and her her husband husband just died. And she is terrified. Get the fuck in the stagecoach and go, dude. What are you doing? Well, I love when Charles is like, you're not the, you might not be the best doctor in the world, but like, like, you're the one that's going to show up. He's like, for, I love, Charles is forcing him into doctoring. Love it. Love it. All right, so they get there, and the baby's breech. Doc has to turn it. Whatever. It's a, it's a normal delivery. Everything goes okay. Charles and Mary, though, can hear oh, her but screaming. To, but to be fair, with breech, you have to do something about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But, Jen, Charles and Mary can hear her screaming all through the house, and then they go outside, and they can still hear her screaming outside. Yeah, because, like, with breech births before they knew that they had to get in there and turn it around... Did like people probably just die from that shit, right? God, birth is such a like dicey fucking thing. It's dicey. So then we hear it's dicey, but it's also like the most natural thing that's been happening forever. But a lot of people died from it. Sure. Over like you that it was a high risk thing. Yeah. Like in ancient times. So then we hear Caroline scream and Charles goes running and they walk in and Caroline's like, it's a boy. And I want to talk about this baby. This baby is like the cutest baby. I think I've ever seen. It has a full head of hair, huge ears. It looks just like the husband. I don't know how they found a baby actor to look like the husband actor. What was that casting like? (laughs) It's really the cutest. I feel like if you need a newborn, you just, be like, I need a newborn. Like, Did you not think that baby was adorable? It was cute. It, but it, I, I just have, here's my notes on the scene. This is so fucking weird. Like, that thing was inside of her body a minute ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's well, so weird. My, it's such a weird fucking thing. my argument with it is everybody's super clean. And we know that would not happen. Oh, that would not no. be the case. Mm-hmm. Right. There'd be afterbirth yes. all over the place. Yes. And like, yep. But that, like, it's just. 
the whole concept to me is so strange. It's like literally that's a person and it was inside her body like a minute ago. <laughs> so weird. Did you think they were hatched out of eggs? No, I mean, I know how it all happens, <laughs> but, but like it's just a fucking weird thing. It's weird. Okay, so Charles asks how Doc Baker's doing. Like he goes out and Doc Baker's like wiping the sweat from his brow and rolling up his sleeves. He's like, how you doing, Doc? And he says, you know what? I'm going to throw that doctor out of my office. So, Jen, Good. he really committed to this lifestyle without thinking it through. But I think I would worry, Doc, because he has a lot of guns. So I would threat, tread lightly. And he's already pointed one at your head. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And we already saw what happens when you shoot someone in the head. Nothing much. <laughs> that just grazed that dude. <laughs> Come on. No, but I mean legal repercussions. Nothing. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah, you could, you could just shoot yeah. people, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jenny. So at the end of every episode, I ask you, whose fault is this? This is Stanley Novak's fault. Agree. I agree. That's what I have. <laughs> yep. He, he, he must take the he have been more careful on yes. that roof. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he he let his little mind get so excited he was like i'm so excited i'm so excited i'm on the road then he falls off he should have had a safety tether he i'm gonna miss him i'm gonna miss stanley he was on for a second (laughs) we will never see well we definitely will never go back again but we'll never if we do that was gonna be a weird episode probably in season nine it's just gonna say shit got weird but we'll never see the wife and the kid again. No, never. Mm-mm. I'll be surprised if we do. All right, Jen. So at the end of every episode, I ask you to think about a theme or a lesson or some kind of scar that you took from the original viewing of this or something you noticed on the rewatch. It's designed to finish the sentence, Gen X, this is why. So Jenny, what is your why for this episode? So this is just something I took away from it now that I think might have been a message then. I don't know. This is why we thought it was fine to be bad at your job as long as you just showed up. Even if your job is the only doctor for 100 miles. <laughs> wow. You know, I really struggled with what to write. And my original draft of my why was pretty similar to what you said. You have multiple drafts of your whys. I have like, like one sentence scribbled down. No, I had a sentence. I changed it. I had another sentence. I changed it. Oh, is that what we're calling drafts? That's literally the definition of a draft. (laughs) So all my shit's multiple drafts. (laughs) I have, this is why you should always think things through. (laughs) Doc Baker acted emotionally, reacted. Oh, this is, you've had this why before involved with Charles. Like, don't make any rash decisions. He reacted. Instead of acted. So now he owns a house, a plow team. And what, he thinks that that smarmy doctor's just going to give him all his shit back? Yeah, seriously. He already already put in the dump, all this stuff. Right. So, like, dude, you should have thought this through. You don't react (laughs) irrationally. However, Or he should have been like, I'm going to quit doctoring, but I'm going to take a couple months off. To relax and figure out what I'm going to do. Because I'm sure he had enough food stashed away for to, all that all that canned stuff he had. Which he didn't take with him. No. One of my drafts was <laughs> that I thought it was interesting that he was changing careers midstream. What do you mean? Well, you know, it's typical boomer that they don't like to change careers. They never had to. You know, they would well, get Doc a job. Baker's is not a boomer. They would get a job and they would stay with it. But like, no, I'm saying like, but Gen X, I know a lot of my peers and a lot of my friends have changed careers. Oh, I like, had a whole other career before technology. Yeah, like I pretty, had a whole different career. pretty far yeah. into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. I wonder if we were okay with it because we saw Doc Baker do it. <laughs> I feel like probably not. And if you're a doctor. Andy failed. Andy failed. Because like a doctor, like that's, I don't know, like you are a doctor. Like it's not your job. Like I could see people doing this now. Like I could see hipsters doing this. Like I'm going to quit being a doctor and go live on a farm. Yeah, I could totally see that. I guarantee that has happened. Yep. Like homesteading. Yep. Yep. Totally. Yeah, that's definitely happened. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying, I think this is something that's kind of come back into vogue. That's definitely happened. Well, and, and also that like. As far as, I mean, that's more like vocation, right? Like I'm a doctor, mm-hmm. but even changing companies and industries, like you, there's just, 
you don't stay with a company for 25 years anymore. That's that world has gone. And that's, that's made unless things difficult for all of us. Unless your kids are getting free college, everyone. Yeah. Then, well, I mean, people still do, but like that used to be the norm, right? And that's not the norm anymore. It's not the norm. Yeah. Mm-mm. All right, Jen. So why don't you tell everyone what we have coming up next? Well, uh, we have the aftermath. Oh. Episode eight. Jesse and Frank James hide out Walnut Grove. The people of Walnut Grove find out who they really are when bounty hunters come looking for them. Wait, Jesse James is going to be in the next episode? Hell yeah, motherfucker. Okay. I'm all for this. Can't wait to see how Walnut Grove deals with this. Can we make a prediction? He's he's gonna make bank on everyone on the grove. Nels lets him and in. maybe Nels. and maybe kill a few of them. Nels I don't gives know. him a key to the store. My and prediction he, is Charles catches them unless Edwards comes back. I can't. I can't. I know he's not coming back. I know he's. Not I can't. Back. Don't. I we went through the whole episode without the, the rage. Mimi's corner. already told us. <laughs> the Mimi's already told us he's not coming back. I get it. We went through the whole episode without the rage corner. It. Don't make me go there now. <laughs> Just a bad idea. Bad idea. All right, guys. So again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. Amy here. If you'd like to support our podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. To send us an email or connect with us on social, please visit us at genxthisiswhy.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.